Do you remember when you first got your Wanderlust? I got mine at the age of 15 when I first traveled to Spain for a family vacation. Europe is amazing for traveling because you only need to travel for a few hours to enter another country. Plus, it's quite cheap. The bus trip to Spain took us about 24 hours, and we had a six-hour break in North Italy, near Lake Sermione, and we also made a stop in French Riviera. Unlike a plane ride, you get to see how the architecture and landscape change, and so you really appreciate the uniqueness of another country. It's almost like the journey is a rite of passage, preparing you for exploration of an unknown country. Hi everyone, I'm Radka and welcome to my podcast, The Authenticity Project, where I will share with you short episodes of funny, sad, embarrassing and inspiring stories. Because sometimes there is just too much fluff and pretense in life and all that is missing is authenticity. Ever since I went on my first trip, I got hooked and I was fortunate enough to be able to travel many times after that lived in other countries for short periods of time, which helped me shape my personality and mindset. When I graduated high school, I didn't get into a university, so I thought the best thing I could do was to move to another country. And so at the age of 18, I moved out of my parents' house all the way across Europe from the Czech Republic to England, and I lived there for about a year and did a variety of jobs along the way, from cleaning houses to waitressing and taking care of children. The newly gained independence and freedom were intoxicating. I found a group of people mostly my age and we did trips throughout southern England every weekend. I grew fond of the beaches near the chalk cliffs called Seven Sisters and I would regularly go there by myself. At that young age, I didn't comprehend what dangerous solo traveling may have brought to a young girl. Well, I gained a lifelong lesson one day when I decided to take a trip to the beach by myself. It was the most mesmerizing feeling I had experienced in my life. The sound of waves, the vast greenery of numerous valleys contrasting with limestone cliffs nearby and not a living soul anywhere to be seen, just me and the almighty nature. It was almost ecstatic. As it started to rain heavily, I took a shelter in a cave nearby. And as I was sitting there, enjoying the view of the sea from distance and feeling euphoric, suddenly a young man approached me. He had his boots on and was wearing a backpack, but other than that, he was totally naked. And I didn't think much of it. I thought maybe he was just trying to protect his clothes from rain. And I thought maybe there was a nudist beach somewhere close by. He asked me if he could sit there with me, and in my young foolishness, I said yes. As we were chit-chatting about the English summer and my home country, suddenly I realized he got aroused, yet he was just sitting there still and calm, as if nothing unusual was going on. It was the most bizarre experience ever. It's also when all the talks I had with my parents about a certain way a girl should conduct herself when traveling alone started flooding into my mind and I got super scared. So I jumped up, grabbed my things and ran away. Well, luckily nothing happened to me and the guy probably meant no harm as he had plenty of opportunity to cause harm if he had wanted to. 
Fifteen years later, this made for an amusing story, but when my daughter turns 18 and announces she's moving to another country, I'm most definitely sharing this story with her so she doesn't put herself in a dangerous situation like I did. The beauty of traveling is that you don't even have to visit exotic places like Africa, Asia, or South America. You could travel locally to get to know the locals and gain a new perspective on life. I find Canada to be great for that as people from all over the world live here. So take advantage of it and explore. I also think traveling helps you broaden your horizons. You get a sense of a completely different culture, language, food, you meet new people. It's invigorating and educational, and it challenges you to keep an open mind about the otherness, the unknown mass of people, the other that you might even fear, as it is so unfamiliar, is no longer intimidating, and you make new friends whose perspective is a refreshing change to your sometimes rather stale point of view. So to bring some freshness to this monologue, I have invited Chloe to join me today to talk about her travel experiences. Chloe has been to 26 countries on four continents, and she's also a huge animal lover, and back in 2017 traveled to Cusco in Peru to volunteer at a local dog shelter. Chloe, welcome to the Authenticity Project. Hi, Radka. Happy to be here. Well, it's always nice to talk to someone who has also been bitten by the travel bug. So when did you first find out you loved traveling? I would say it it started when I was six years old. My parents uh, took myself um, and my brother on a motorhome trip around North America for a year. So took us out of school and uh, gave us the opportunity to really see both the States and Canada. Wow, that's amazing. Were you homeschooled? I was. So I was in grade one. I remember having the alphabet taped all around our motorhome and, um, you know, different animal figurines. And uh, yeah, my, my mother homeschooled me for that year. Wow, I can't even imagine what that must have been like exploring North America. What do you remember from that trip? Well, given that I was uh, six years old, one of my highlights of that trip was spending around a month in Disney World, of course. <laughs> it was a highlight for me. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's tough for those type of experiences to be you know, early in your life in terms of you know, really being able to remember all of the wonderful experiences that we had as a family. So a lot of my memories are tied to, to photographs and, and home videos and things like that. Still, what an amazing journey. <laughs> it was. It was definitely that, that turning point in my life. Um, from there, I, I you know, really wanted to get involved in summer camps and and find those kind of mini vacations for myself during the summer months. Mm -hmm. You were able to keep that side of the promise to yourself. You have been to over 25 countries and four continents. What's your favorite spot, if you have any at all? 
I would say Fiji would be my favorite spot. Uh, I went there for my honeymoon in 2014. Not only were the people incredibly kind and welcoming, uh, but you can't complain about those waters and those beaches there in Fiji. So definitely a highlight. Um, how long did you stay there for? We were there for close to three weeks. What did you do? We did some island hopping. So we uh, went to Matamanoa, Mana, and uh, Nanuya. So uh, really experiencing the, the differences in those islands, the differences in the coral reefs. We did some snorkeling. My husband more than myself. Uh, not a huge fan of the ocean and you know what lives down there, but uh, yeah, it was probably the best snorkeling I've, I've ever done in my life. It's like a different world underneath the water, isn't it? It is a bit a bit creepy at times. So far, what has been your most memorable travel experience, and why specifically? That's a, a good question. I think. I've had a lot of really interesting travel experiences. Uh, one of the most recent being in, in 2017 when I had the opportunity to go volunteer at a dog shelter in Cusco, Peru with one of my good friends. It was our 30th birthday trip to ourselves. Well, tell me more about it. Uh, it was uh, a shelter in Cusco with about 50 to 75 dogs. Um, two local residents had started this shelter um, really to rescue street dogs mostly. Uh, there is, you know, unfortunately, a huge population of street dogs in Peru in general. Um, they would also uh, respond to any complaints they heard or abuse they heard and rehome dogs, uh, which is actually how I ended up bringing a dog home myself. Uh, his name is Ronaldo. Uh, and he unfortunately had uh, a pretty bad past. He, he was beaten by his first owner, then rescued and, and rehabilitated uh, from a spinal injury from the shelter owner himself. Uh, so when I, I met him in 2017 during my volunteer experience, I, I finally got him back to Canada in uh, February of 2018. Must have been quite a long bureaucratic process just to get your dog to you, Canada, wasn't it? It really wasn't that difficult. The, the biggest delays were in terms of getting his vaccinations, the paperwork in order with the shelter owner. That was that was really where the time came in. Um, but the paperwork itself to get him into Canada uh, really wasn't that difficult. We used a pet transportation company called Pet Wings, and they managed most of that for us. So how did you even find this place? Did you just like one day wake up and think, hey, I'll go to Peru and specifically to this dock shelter? Right. Uh, well, to be totally honest, it started on what, what we like to call Wine Wednesday with my girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, talking about the things that we you know, want to do in our lives and, and things that we care about uh, as we were leading up to our you know, 30th birthdays. Uh, and we started looking at international volunteer experiences. And in the beginning, I, I don't think we um, were necessarily going into it knowing we would end up at a dog shelter. We were looking at all kinds of opportunities in miscellaneous countries um, through an organization called IBHQ. So they make the connections locally with these um, you know, charities and uh, shelters and, and things like that. So uh, they coordinated our, our homestay as well. We stayed with a local family in Cusco. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I think one thing led to another. Both, both my friend and I are are big on following through. So, uh, yeah, the idea really came to fruition. What did the volunteer gig actually entail? What did you have to do on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of cleaning up um, dog messes <laughs> with, uh, you know, 50 to 75 dogs. There's a lot of that every day. Um, so, yeah, every morning, I, I forget the time, around 8, 8.30, we would take the city bus uh, out to the shelter. We would stay there for about five hours a day, um, just cleaning up, feeding the dogs. Um, unfortunately, one day we did have to dig a uh, dog grave. Um, so that was also one of the tasks we were given. Um, yeah, it was really anything we could do to help out uh, the, the two owners of the shelter. What was it like to stay with a local Peruvian family? It was great. Uh, you know, the food was wonderful. It really gave you that opportunity as well to um, you know, taste authentic Peruvian cuisine. Uh, and we all sat around, you know, a big family table with many other volunteers. So there were, I recall correctly, uh, around 12 other volunteers staying in this home with us. Uh, so we would have family dinner every night uh, when everybody got home from their miscellaneous and, and various volunteer positions uh, and enjoy the, the home-cooked meal that our hosts had prepared. Language barrier issues at all? Not particularly. Cusco is um, you know, quite a, a tourist town now, so I found most people there did speak English, uh, so it was easy for me to, to get around. So on your uh, travels... Um... Did you ever sort of failed to read the room well, so to speak? Or did you ever feel like you were out of place? Um, like you experienced a massive cultural difference of some sort? Yes, I would say, you know, definitely being in some of the markets that I was in when I was traveling Asia, um, you know, Cambodia and, and Vietnam, those situations, uh, you know, looking around at you know, different foods and the hustle and bustle and, and trying to understand, you know, how we should also navigate this, this type of situation. Um, but everything has, has been positive in my travels. I've never felt, you know, really un, unsafe. Um, we're quite conscientious travelers and, and try to be smart about where we go and what we do. Um, so I do feel you know, quite lucky in that sense that we've we've never really experienced anything too uncomfortable or, or unsafe to us. It's uh, great. I was once myself almost, and I have to emphasize the word almost, kidnapped in Turkey, but it was um, mostly due to my own stupidity and um, as I wasn't paying attention uh, to my surroundings. So it's good to know that you guys uh, so far had really positive experience where you felt safe. But I guess it's also a bit different to travel with a guy, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Most of my travel has been with my with my husband. And you know, I'm quite lucky that as well that I have a great travel companion. And, um, you know, I do find that travel is, is a really good bonding experience as well. You know, traveling with your spouse or your friends. And I've done a few trips with just my mother. Um, you, you really learn how to communicate and, and you learn how to, how to trust each other. And it's, you know, really a great, a great experience um, for, for our relationship as well. It's the best test possible that you can take um, to test out your relationship. And I think maybe people before they get married, they should probably travel together just to see um, 
how they can deal with one another and how they actually react in stressful situations and what they do. Though traveling is enjoyable, it's sometimes stressful. So just seeing the other person going through that and their reactions, that's I think it's quite important to see what, what you're getting into. In your travels, I'm sure you must have encountered a lot of people and um, probably there must have been some sort of language barrier as you couldn't understand them and they couldn't understand you. Uh, so how did you get by? You know, really it's, um, you know, trying to be respectful, polite, understanding and, and patient. Uh, I'll never forget um, when we were in Siem Reap in Cambodia and we hired a, a tuk-tuk for a day to take us around to the, the various temples in the area and, and to do a, a day hike. And, and we'll say, I mean, Cambodia, it was, it was very inexpensive for us to do this. Um, I, I think it ended up being about 10 US dollars for the day. Our driver's name was Saul and he, he didn't speak very much English, um, but he was so nice, so caring, would go out of his way to make sure we had you know, everything that we needed and he would point things out, even if we couldn't you know, speak to each other, he was still showing us things in the area um, as a local. And I remember the day after this tour, we saw him in, in town not far from where we were staying, told him we were headed somewhere for dinner. And he you know, was quite adamant that he take us there for free. Um, where, you know, if we had paid full price, which we ended up doing it, it really, the, the fare itself was going to be $1.50 or $2 US. So, um, you know, we, we really wanted to thank him and give that to him. But again, the kindness, there's, there's always ways to communicate, even if it's not through language. Um, and that's what I found through my travels is as long as you are um, patient and understanding and, and kind to to everyone then they do that in return uh, and you can communicate that way I find it's amazing what a kind person what is it about travel that you like so much what makes you hop on a plane and travel to a distant faraway country well, I think um I think there's something to be said about you know feeling uncomfortable uh, or, or out of your element to a certain extent. I think there's a lot of learning and growth that comes from those experiences. Um, I, you know, I think it makes you a more understanding person as well. Um, you know, coming back, even, even being in, in Canada, you know, having seen and experienced some of the things that we have on, on our journeys and different cultures and different circumstances it, it does give you a certain level of appreciation and, and understanding of you know everybody's going through something everybody's you know managing their their life the best they can and I do find travel you know really gives you that opportunity to to see that and, and feel that and then um, bring that and, and share it with your friends and family and and throughout the rest of of, of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And what did you learn about yourself on your travels, if you can share that with us? What did I learn about? I, I think I've learned many things. I think first off, um, I, I've learned that I can get through, you know, maybe very anxious situations that, uh, you know, going into them, you may be dreading or just you know, really worked up about you know, whatever it is you're, you're doing on, on travels. But I've learned that if you just do it, it's, it's very often not as hard as, as you think it is. 
Um, so I've kind of learned as you know, cheesy as it sounds that, you know, I can do anything that I want to do and, and travel has taught me that. Yeah, absolutely. It just takes that mindset and uh, basically the world is your oyster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about trusting yourself and, um, and what you're capable of. And yeah, it's, it's a really great experience to travel. And, you know, it's one thing that I'm absolutely missing right now is, planning my next trip and when that will be. I, I hear you. I've been edgy for a very long time now, so totally get it. I'm now. <laughs> We're lucky that we got to uh, Tulum in Mexico in, in early March, right before uh, everything hit. So I, I did squeeze in one trip this year already. <laughs> yeah, well, way to rub it in, Chloe. Thanks so much. But no, honestly, good for you. That's amazing that you were able to do that. But um, what was it like to travel at that time? I mean, was was that during the time when um, the COVID-19 was already declared a national or international pandemic? No. So we returned from Mexico on March 9th, which was a Monday. And the uh, international borders closed on the following Saturday. So we really... Um, you know, snuck under the wire there, but it, it, it wasn't, um, yeah, we, we didn't see, you know, masks in, in the airports. We weren't tested. Um, yeah, it was, it was very early stages of, of really, you know, COVID hitting Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we both miss traveling very much. Um, and I've been constantly fantasizing about, my next trip so naturally my next question to you chloe is where are you planning on going next what are you up to yes well in an ideal world our next trip would be to johannesburg south africa to visit our friends um, which we were hoping to do in you know maybe november december time frame Uh, but we will see that that will that will definitely be our next trip when the time comes would love to do some, uh, you know, safari time in Kruger and head down to Cape Town and visit wineries. We're, we're quite excited about that when, when the time comes. I think everyone is super excited about drinking wine right now. So. <laughs> so are there any hiking opportunities that you know of? Yes, there are. Um, I haven't done all of my research yet, but, uh, you know, our friends have uh, I've lived there for, for quite a time. Our one friend is actually from Johannesburg. So, you know, we see them getting out and doing some hikes uh, around the area. So we'll definitely look to them to to give us recommendations and we start really, truly planning that one. Talk about travel just made me want to travel more. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to do that very, very soon again, whether it's outside of Toronto or um, going to South Africa. Well, you can plan a trip out to uh, the West Coast sometime and, and you know, travel our, our own great country. We've got some great hiking uh, opportunities out here in, in Alberta and in BC. So I'm sure a lot of people will be taking advantage of, of Canadian travel this year. I think that's a great idea, not to just locally boost the economy, but also just to explore Canada. It's a, it's a great country and many people from all over the world come to Canada to explore the nature. So definitely a great idea. We live out west. Uh, What would be your go-to place, you think, for someone who has been to BC or Alberta maybe once or twice? But what do you think they should 
um, they should see if they ever make the trip out west again. Wow, I think there's so many wonderful hikes and and um, for different skill levels and and you know time commitment. Obviously, you can do a, a one hour loop or you can do a fourteen hour hike. It it really depends. But you know, a, a good moderate, fairly short hike is is to the tea house and big beehive at uh, Lake Louise. So. I'm sure a lot of folks have seen pictures from the top of that hike looking down on, you know, the beautiful water of, of Lake Louise. It really is a, a must-do for, for folks who enjoy hiking. I know you, you like hiking quite a bit, and um, you're also a fan of camping. My only concern would be uh, encountering a bear face-to-face. So how do you go about that? Because I know you have personally encountered a few bears in your life. So Yeah, we uh, sleep with bear spray <laughs> next to the bed, which is basically, uh, you know, high power pepper spray. Um, but we've been fortunate that we, um, you know, haven't had any bears come into our campsite. And we do backcountry camping, um, what they call random camping on public land use zones here. So um, pretty true wilderness. Um but no, we've, we've been quite fortunate. I mean, we do follow the rules and in terms of sense and, and we try to be very smart about how we, how we camp and keep ourselves safe, but uh, definitely having that bear spray within reach makes, makes you feel a little safer as well. We've seen a bear face to face. I have not, no, but we, we do see them, you know, luckily from the safety of our car, uh, around this time of year is, is the most common, you know, May and, and June when they're all coming out of hibernation. Um, you know, a lot of them will walk right on the highway, Highway 1 out here. And, um, you know, very often I, I used to, for me, a long weekend, drive out with friends to Kelowna, BC. And without a doubt, every year we would see at least two to four bears. It's like your own personal safari, isn't it? Yeah, well... Th- been very lovely talking to you Chloe thank you so much for joining me I think I'm gonna just go ahead and start browsing some lovely pictures of um, exotic places right now yes well preparing for this definitely uh, you know reignited that bug inside so maybe I'll start planning my South Africa trip after this call as well That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Authenticity Project podcast. I hope you found Chloe's travel stories as fascinating as I did. And if you want to relive the moment, you can check out some of the photos Chloe had shared with me on my blog. So go to the Authenticity Project podcast.blogspot.com and leave me a message with your own travel experiences. And until next time, keep dreaming about traveling. <laughs>